Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today we want to talk a little bit about this. You must be lost before you can be found, okay? And uh, this is a neat concept in light of modern Christianity where we talk about sin in a general concept, not in a specific concept. In other words, when we're looking at sharing the gospel, we talk in nebulous terms. We talk about the sin. We talk about about coming right with God, but we never want to talk about what it is. In fact, systematically in our culture, we have been pushing the envelope to normalize about every form of sin you can find. We see this in Netflix, pushing a lot of the very sexually explicit types of thing. We push, I mean, how many churches are now flying the LGBT flag? How many of them are getting involved in Black Lives Matter, which stands for destruction of the family, as <laughs> what their core group is. And so with this, what we want to look at is when this culture where we have pushed all things that could possibly be defined as sin to the side, no one can even talk about what is sin anymore. You want to talk about being saved. Saved from what? Saved unto what? Sure, we want to have a glorious time with God for all eternity. All eternity. All right. And this is, this is one of the things you get it in vacation Bible schools. You know, you have your kids go in there and then they give a doom and gloom message. They invariably always do. And then they ask the children, would you like to burn in hell in a hot furnace for all eternity or spend eternity with God? What child? Like it's gotta only be a sadomasochist who's like, I would like to take the burning in hell fire. Okay. Now I can say as a child, I did that once. It was glorious. We get, we get stopped by some guys on the street. I don't know. They were either Jehovah's as witnesses or, or uh, Baptists, I'm not sure which, and they're like, you know, you can be sure you're making it in heaven. Do you want to make it in heaven? I'm like, I don't care. Heaven's <laughs> like a long lifetime away. I don't care, you know. But nevertheless, nevertheless, when you preach these messages and you say, you're going to hell absolutely unless you repent, that's true. That's a true statement. The question is, nobody wants to talk about what you're repenting of. And in this world, we have to take bolder stances to talk about what is it we are actually repenting of. I mean, we know from Ephesians and every other New Testament letter, we all know from, from all of these letters that we are all sinners by nature. It is, it is by nature of who we are and by what we are. We are sinners. That's what we do. We sin. The question is, though, what is sin? And we've got to stop normalizing sin in our culture and calling it not sin. And I think it's just interesting because we find a couple of interesting lists where we see Paul calling out sin by its name, in addition to John and a few other apostles as well. But of course, the, the big famous one in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? So who's the unrighteous? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now he goes on, of course, in the famous verse, say that such as you, where you were washed, you were purified, you were sanctified, etc. But what we want to focus on is that God is, uh, Paul, excuse me, is not concerned about calling out sin. Because that's what we need to do. We have to recognize the depth of our sin 
before we see the need of our Savior. And that is an important principle because in this world where we have done everything we can to excuse our sin, we blame it on our upbringing, we blame it on the family structures, we blame it on other people. It's like Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, they were given one command, just don't eat from this tree. You can look at it, you can touch it, you can smell it, you can do whatever else you want to it, just don't eat it. Here comes the snake coming along, convinces Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. I mean, is there a chance Adam married the wrong person? There's only like one woman and he was explicitly made for him. For him, okay? There's not a chance he married the wrong woman. Is God bad? No, God is good. But when you look at that exchange from Genesis 3, God comes down in the garden. They're, of course, hiding because they ate the forbidden fruit and they look down. They're like, oh, I'm naked. I gotta hide from God. <laughs> Except he's never seen me before. And that's the way we, we should approach God. He knows what is the, the horribleness in our life, okay? So in this exchange, he comes down. He's like, Adam, what did you do? He says, I, it was this woman you gave me. Adam goes as far as to blame God for giving him the woman who deceived him. So, of course, he says to Eve, it wasn't me, it was a snake, and the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. But nevertheless... We see from the very beginning the confrontation of the very first sin, trying to excuse the sin for something else. Pass the blame onto something else. Do whatever else it took. Just don't look at me for the sin. I'm not culpable. And that has become the trend in our modern evangelical churches where we just got this idea. It's so ingrained in our church now, we don't even second guess it, where I need to go have counseling before I can be saved. Or, you know, we have to have the therapists help us with everything. And the entire idea is it normalize this idea of the victim culture. So as the victim culture came in, I'm a victim, so I'm not responsible for the things that I've done. The fact is, you have got to come to the point in your life where you recognize, as much as somebody might have done something bad to you, you've got to recognize your culpability and your sin before a holy God. And so, we find that that list there is, is intriguing. We have another one in uh, Galatians in uh, chapter 5, uh, he's kind of giving us by way of, of information. I say to you, walk by the Spirit and you will not be carried away by the desires of the flesh. The flesh sets itself against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, so that these are in opposition to one another, you may not, uh, that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So, in other words, there's this, there's this fighting in our mind, this fighting back and forth about this flesh and of the spirit and the things of the flesh are defined as sins he writes these down now the sins of the flesh the deeds of the flesh it says but their sins are evident immorality impurity sensuality adultery excuse me idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousies outbursts of anger disputes dissensions factions envy and drunking caressing and things like these of which i forewarn you you who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so we have gotten this point in our culture where we are excusing everything of sin. We are excusing the LGBT movement. We are excusing the BLM movement. These are hostile movements to people. I mean, one of the presidential candidates right now is like, if an eight-year-old wants to uh, have a transgender um, transition, he should be allowed to. Find me an eight-year-old that can think logically and rationally about anything. Do you let them do anything else? Do you let an eight-year-old consent to have sex with a 50-year-old? Of course you don't. 
Do you allow an eight-year-old consent to what he wants for dinner tonight? Of course not. He's going to eat ice cream and chocolate bars. He's not capable of making those types of decisions, but we're normalizing this in our society. And so we're even removing the concept that these things are possibly even sins for us. This is why we got to get out and preach the real true gospel in the objectness of truth truth. We are making a truth claim. And so what happens is we have to recognize and come to the grips of the sin that we have in our life. And only when we come to the grips of the sin in our life, only then can we sit down and say, ah, now I see I'm a sinner. Now that I'm good and lost, now I can come to grips with the fact that I have need of a savior. But as culture moves us further and further and further and further away from any of that, as the culture does all that, moves us away from all of that, we have to come to the recognizing grasp that when we come before God admitting the Bible is the key, not the cultural trends, not the cultural norms, that the scripture through the character of God is what defines sin in the scriptures. Come to that, embrace that, and hand that sin over to God and accept the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has done on the cross for you. That's what I want to leave you with today. You can help follow along um, on the website over at ourwalkinchrist.com. You can find links to the podcast, uh, social media, and all the other resources we have over there. So go ahead and check it out. We will catch you guys next time. I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.